Welcome to the American Muslim Community Foundation podcast, Muslim Philanthropy. My name is Muhi Khwaja, and today on the show we have with us Karen Hernandez, who is the Faith Partnerships Manager at Habitat for Humanity East Bay, Silicon Valley. Welcome to the show, Karen. Thanks so much. It's really fun to be here. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, we got introduced from a previous manager that I had at my time at the Red Cross, and then um, he moved over to Habitat for Humanity uh, and was your manager. So it was really cool to get to know you and learn more about Habitat and the great work that you do there. Thank you. Yeah, Eric uh, was great, and I miss him dearly. And uh, I, I kind of feel like continuing the work that um, I'm doing and uh, Habitat is doing is honoring his memory in the best way I can. Definitely. It was definitely yeah. sad to hear. And I know so many people at the Red Cross and Habitat and all the other places that he worked with, um, he left a really great impression. Um, so, you know, honored to have worked with him as well. Mm-hmm. Um, for sure. <laughs> Um, so, you know, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Um, you know, you can go as far back as you want, uh, you know, include tidbits on school and previous work before Habitat, um, everything you want people to know about Karen Hernandez. (laughs) Okay. Well, (laughs) uh, well, I, um, gosh, I, where do I start? I grew up in Pleasanton and in San Francisco both. And, um, I moved back here several years ago about uh, eight, nine, ten years ago. I can't remember how long it's been. But um, in regard to where I went to school, I'm actually uh, kind of a late bloomer. And I got my bachelor's in 2005. I was on the 20-year BA plan. Uh, and I got that at Wellesley College in Massachusetts, where I was living at the time. And then I went on to get um, two different master's degrees in theology, uh, both concentrating one in Christian Muslim understanding and the other in um, religion and conflict transformation. And I'm actually graduating in, uh, gosh, what is it? What's the day today? Almost two months from today, about on um, May 18th, I will be graduating with my doctor of ministry. Woo-hoo! Well, look <laughs> at you. <laughs> I know, I know. It's very exciting. And uh, it's a long title for the doctorate. Um, but it's, uh, I've actually been my project. I'm designing a restorative justice component to interfaith peace building uh, with an organization called United Religions Initiative, which is an organization I've worked for before and uh, along the way. And they're the largest interfaith grassroots peace building organization in the world. And uh, so it has a toolkit and regional coordinators all over the world will be actually using this uh, project that I've designed. So I'm really excited because uh, restorative justice has not been implemented in this way um, within interfaith peace building, and uh, it's kind of a project that's near and dear to my heart. So um, that's kind of where I am with school. And my journey kind of to Habitat was a lot of nonprofits. Um, the last faith-based nonprofit I worked at was St. Anthony's in San Francisco. And I was actually still working at St. Anthony's while I was at Habitat. and. Uh, I'm very interested in social justice issues and what that looks like um, in a practical way uh, and how we can all address things like food insecurity and housing insecurity and educational insecurity and all those things that go together. Um, And uh, because one will help the other and and they all, you know, um, are intertwined. So I found this job, you know, listed 
almost two and a half years ago and interviewed with Eric and he hired me and here I am. And so um, it's been a wonderful two and a half years. I'm probably uh, not staying with Habitat because I'm graduating and so I will be leaving eventually within the next four months or so. Um, and I'm sad to be leaving the organization, but I feel like it's time for me to kind of move on and I'm not really sure where I'm going yet, but um, to look kind of for more positions within that kind of interfaith uh, peace building, restorative justice work. Yeah, that yeah. that's really exciting. <laughs> um, and, you know, fascinating to hear about your PhD journey. Um, you know, AMCF has a interfaith giving circle confronting hate that we're currently working on. And we've had a few planning meetings and I'll touch base with you on it offline, but really the gist of it is um, getting these networks of national community leaders together to put their money where their heart is um, mm -hmm. and fund other uh, interfaith organizations doing fantastic work to curb hate. Um, so mm -hmm. whether it's anti-Semitism, Islamophobia, xenophobia, um, and just like you said, you know, interfaith has such a great opportunity to do cross, com uh, cross cultural, uh, cross demographic, cross social justice issues, um, and really come together. So um, I think whether it's restorative justice or um, climate change or so many different components that faith-based leadership can have an influence. Um, we're hoping to see that with this newly developing giving circle on interfaith um, groups confronting hate. So um, definitely we'll loop you into the conversation on that going forward. <laughs> definitely interested. And it's important because I think faith communities have such a strong uh, voice and can use that voice for creating change. And that's kind of what faith is all based on, right? On, you know, making the lives of all of us every single one of us um, better and creating better communities and a better world. So I think any type of way we can do that in this realm is really important. So I'm glad you're doing that. That's wonderful to hear. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, and then in terms of Habitat for Humanity. That's why we're here. We want to talk yeah. about uh, all the great work they do in the East Bay and Silicon Valley, and maybe even across the nation, because I'm sure there's so many programs that are similar uh, across chapters all across the country. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, since we're focused on the entire United States, why don't you give a breakdown of like what some of those things are, and then you can talk about the specifics of what you do uh, as well. Great. Yeah. Well, Habitat for Humanity is actually an international organization. Uh, it started off in Georgia uh, and has literally expanded around the world. Um, here in the United States, there are affiliates and those affiliates are located all over the United States, basically working on the same thing, right? Housing security, affordable housing. Uh, there are differences with a lot of the organizations and a lot of the affiliates around the nation, depending on um, where they're located will depend on how they're building. If you even if you go to say Habitat Sacramento, they are still building single family homes. Whereas here in the Bay Area, we're building up, right? You know, we're building multiple units because it's uh, it's about, you know, being able to get the land and all of those kinds of things that are involved. Um, and if you go out to say Alabama, they're able to build, you know, a multitude of single family homes. So the work that all the habitats are doing are very interesting, you know, Habitat Twin Cities, Habitat San Francisco, uh, and our affiliate uh, Habitat East Bay Silicon Valley, all working for affordable housing. 
So one thing that I really appreciate about Habitat for Humanity in general is, um, as we all know, there's a housing shortage. And we all saw that very clearly, uh, especially as COVID you know, really came down on us last year, right? We recognized that shelter in place was a privilege and that we needed to do something about this incredibly bad housing shortage that we are, you know, we're encountering. And it was just so much more visible, um, even though it had existed before COVID. And so uh, what I really love about Habitat for Humanity is that we, is that the organization built affordable housing for home ownership. And what that does is it's, you know, it's not that apartments for rent and affordable housing for rent and tiny homes and all of those things that are happening around the nation aren't important. Um, but this in regard to just the actual home ownership is something that is what Habitat is concentrates on and, um, you know, puts out and enables families to have stable housing for the rest of their lives if they choose to stay in that house for the rest of their life. So uh, that is kind of the gist of what Habitat does. And our affiliate does a lot of, you know, different things that I can talk about in a little bit. So, Yeah, for sure. I mean, talk about like, you know, this is such a pivotal moment for these families that you're literally like handing them keys to a home and home ownership is mm -hmm. um, such a critical part of breaking the cycle of poverty. Um, and, you know, obviously you can break the cycle of poverty through so many different means and you don't need to be a house owner to do that. Uh, mm -hmm. But having the stability of a home uh, is a critical component to ensure the success of the education of your children, of so many mm -hmm. other components that, uh, you know, getting access to health care, making sure there's a hospital nearby, uh, mm -hmm. you know, uh, you know, community safety, um, so many different components. So, um you know, what are some of the other programs at Habitat for Humanity uh, beyond um, the homes? Like, you know, obviously your role in faith partnerships. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about the um, interfaith component of this? And is that also something that's reflected across the country or even across the globe? Right. No, great questions. Great questions. So for our Habitat affiliate specifically, uh, we actually are one of the only affiliates, if not the only one, I, at least we were the only one to build for the homeless in San Jose. Uh, so we had a partnership with San Jose. We're building um, emergency sleeping cabins as well as uh, emergency interim housing for those who are unhoused. And, uh, but we are also obviously building affordable home, you know, homes for home ownership. At our affiliate, we also have a financial counseling, a housing counseling, financial counseling program that uh, enables people to build up their finances, learn about how to raise their credit, um, all of those kinds of things that will enable these families to have stable financial futures. What you said is so true and so important about uh, the fact that once somebody has a stable home, uh, their health improves they have food insecurity, they have job security because they're able to actually live in a place and they're not having to travel to different places. And um, it enables also for their children to have all of those things too. And to, um, um, we did a social impact study several years ago that showed that home ownership leads uh, many families to enable their children to finally go to college, you know? And so the, um, the security that comes with owning a home is not just that one thing of owning a home, as you said, it's a very holistic uh, 
occurrence where it allows security and all these other places that are so important to just live and thrive and you know and uh feel stable in this world of ours and um in regard to my position as space partnerships manager habitat was founded as a if you will a christian faith-based organization and as it has moved and grown uh around the world um many affiliates especially such as ours in the east bay silicon valley have taken on a very interfaith ecumenical approach because of where we're located you know as you know i think you live in fremont right or near fremont um, yeah. you know fremont is one of the most culturally and religiously diverse cities for its size in the nation you know and that is because of you know what happened with the you know as as many people started coming in and after 1979 and 1980 and as things started to grow and so um that is very reflective of just the Bay Area in general, we are one of the most diverse areas of the nation. And so when Eric hired me for this position, one of the things he really wanted me to do because of the interfaith work I've done is to really expand that interfaith out outreach. And that is what I have been working on a lot. You know, just last year, uh, we partnered with the South Bay Islamic Association in San Jose, and we had a Unity Playhouse build, and it was the first time that SBIA had partnered with Habitat, and we had partnered with the Muslim community in that way. And so it was fun. And, uh, you know, we had Jewish communities there, Christian communities there, and several Muslim communities there. And it just, it was a wonderful event and it was a fundraiser and we built playhouses for other organizations that work with children. So it was just this kind of win, win, win situation. And um, it's really important to uh, ensure that everybody feels welcome. I've actually had people say to me from other traditions, um, well, Habitat's a Christian organization. Do you accept volunteers from other traditions? And of course we do, you know, and so, um, it's something that I think that needs to be uh, talked about often. And I, I visit, you know, mosques during Juma. I visit temples, you know, on Saturday mornings, the Jewish temples, and I visit church communities. And I've actually just started uh, doing outreach to the Sikh, Hindu, and Buddhist communities in um, the Walnut Creek, Contra Costa County area because we're building a new uh, complex there. And so we want to, you know, bring in more volunteer groups and we want to bring in more faith communities to involve people and give people that option and that opportunity to interact with each other and get to know their neighbors. Because as you know, we're all very kind of segregated and we, um, especially with COVID, we are very isolated. And so I think that once COVID is over and we really start volunteerism, again, especially at Esperanza Place, which is in Walnut Creek, it's our new 42 unit um, project that is coming up and that will bring together all of these communities to enable them to not only build homes for their neighbors but also just to interact with each other and get to know each other yeah um when i was working at american red cross uh 2015 to 2019 um our office was just a 
less than two miles away from South Bay Islamic Association. So I would constantly be there for Friday prayers and I would run into your colleagues that had tables there. So it was really good to see uh, such a national brand uh, and a local Mm -hmm. organization uh, connecting with the Muslim community. And I think that you guys have done it in such a grassroots community way that it is appealing. And I'm glad to hear uh, that those service projects uh, were very meaningful and fun and active. And it's great to see um, the Muslim community participating in some mm-hmm. of those efforts as well. Um, I remember there uh, in Fremont, since I live here, um, you had also mentioned there was a, um, a complex that you guys had purchased mm-hmm. and wanted to place um, refugee families and Muslim families and people who were... Um, you know, low income families into those units. So typically, how do you guys source um, the people who will be living in these places? Right, right. So you're talking about Central Commons in Fremont, which actually uh, we just finished over the summer. And so all 30 families have moved in, which is fantastic. And it's a very uh, incredible community there. It's very reflective of Fremont. We've got, you know, Ethiopian Orthodox, we've got a Muslim family, we've got a Hindu family, um, you know, several Christian families, uh, some that don't identify. And so it's very, very reflective of Fremont, which I love. Um, And uh, so the process for home ownership with Habitat for Humanity can take a while, but as we always say, it's it's worth it uh, because of the way Habitat for Humanity works. First, you have to be able to pre-qualify. And what that means is that depending on the area you live in and the area median income will depend on if you can pre-qualify for that. And so there's a pre-qualification process. You have to get online, fill out an application. Um, Our homes are geared towards low income and moderate income families. Uh, What we found, especially with Central Commons, which ended up being uh, several moderate income families, is that those families are also a little bit left out of the home buying opportunities, right? Because you have, you know, higher income families that have no problem either renting or buying. You have low income families that it's, they struggle to pay their rent. Moderate income families are able to pretty much pay their rent, but home ownership is kind of that, well, we can't afford $30,000, $40,000 down on a home. So we're just going to keep paying rent. Uh, which I can relate to. <laughs> and so um, so with that, uh, people apply. And then once they apply and they're accepted and there's a family selection committee and all of those kinds of things, then, and we start building, um, families actually have to give 500 hours of sweat equity. And so they actually help build their own home as well as their neighbor's home, which is, in wow. my opinion, such a, right? It's such a yeah. great way because you are, it's not just about you and your home and you're not watching somebody else build it. You are coming in and you're painting your own closet and you're installing your own windows, but you're also doing that for your neighbors. And so it's creating this fantastic, amazing, beautiful community that uh, is allowing people to really get to know each other. And there's a lot of pride in that too. You know, and our, um, our executive director, Janice Jensen, she's always saying, you know, we don't give handouts, we give a hand up. And that's so important because I think people just really need that opportunity to just be given the chance, you know, Mm -hmm. and, uh, and that's what Habitat for Humanity does is it it gives that hand up and um, lets people, 
uh, empower themselves to, you know, again, build their own home and build their own community. Yeah. Uh, for those unfamiliar with the San Francisco Bay Area, we are low income threshold for a family of four in some of these counties is like $104,000 a year, right? Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> and like you were saying, it's hard to come up with a down payment. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, those that are fortunate to are really fortunate, obviously. Um, but I think that programs like this are so pivotal um, in being able to provide that opportunity for so many families that are deserving. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it really, it, it is pivotal. And, you know, um, I'm thinking of one family in Fremont where, you know, she was a, a single mom and the first time she applied many years ago, uh, she didn't meet the qualifications, but she stuck around. She did the housing counseling program. She came and volunteered. She reapplied and she moved in, you know, almost two years ago. I mean, and so it's, um, it's, it's better when people are, um, are really open and amenable, you know, and, uh, and I think that for these families, they are just, they recognize the value of home ownership and it's important to them and we think it's important. And so, um, you know, it's very reciprocal and that's kind of what I love about Habitat too. It's, it's, a, it's a very reciprocal relationship and it gives the opportunity for all of us to give back to each other, which is just, that's what we need to do, as, especially as faith communities. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, you've been in this nonprofit space. Um, you've um, been involved with, I'm sure, even the fundraising side of things where you may need to share stats for grants and this, that, the other. Um, mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit more on like some of the challenges you see for nonprofits or people who are maybe interested in um, doing something similar. Uh, what is some advice that you have? Wow. Well, right now, uh, it's really hard right now with COVID. A lot of faith communities are suffering. A lot of faith communities are uh, literally shutting their doors, you know? And, um, and so, so getting people involved and having people recognize the importance of not only volunteering, but donating to organizations such as this and, um, and, and, and showing up uh, to make this happen uh, I think for me, just the most important part is that is that housing justice affects all of us in different ways. And uh, I think it's just really important that we um, kind of take a step back and recognize that, you know, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of stereotypes around what people think about who needs housing, <laughs> you know, and um, and a lot of times I give the example of myself, you know, I work at Habitat for Humanity, I work another part-time job, I have two masters and I'm getting a doctorate, I'll never be able to afford to buy a home here in the Bay Area, ever, you know? And I'm actually okay with that, but I think what, um, it's just kind of bringing awareness uh, to the issue of housing justice and why it matters and why if we all had uh, the ability to uh, reach out and help in some way, be it donations, volunteerism, advocacy, education, whatever it is you can do. Um, I just think that it's really important because again, it's a, that holistic approach that leads to 
food security and educational security and health security and job security. And again, all of those things, if they're not all moving in in place, as we've just seen with COVID, right? And the, the loss of jobs alone uh, has been exponentially hard on all of us and it's affecting all of us in different ways. So I kind of try to stress that in regard to what people can do and how they should maybe think about why these kinds of issues are important and just philanthropy in general, why it's important and why, um, you know, a lot of times people are like, well, it's not my problem, <laughs> you know, and um, I, I, I always kind of, I'm not sure how to answer that because it is our problem. And I feel like, uh, like we need to kind of take a step back from that and recognize all of our humanity and why we're here. And if we can help others in any way possible, even if you don't have a lot of money, um, that is just almost like a responsibility, especially as a faith, as a person of faith. And um, I just feel like that's one of the tenets of all of our faith traditions, regardless of what faith tradition you come from, is that uh, concept and that ability to just reach out and to help in any way possible. And so I guess, I don't know if I answered your question, but I, that's kind of where I went with what you asked me, so. <laughs> no, I love that. Um, I, so in terms of um, some of your favorite nonprofit organizations, um, I wanted to hear from you where you typically support, uh, whether it's with your time, your talent, your resources, um, just a few that you wanna shout out. Um, sure. Well, I mean, obviously Habitat. I love Habitat. Uh, I really appreciate St. Anthony's, not only because I worked there in San Francisco, uh, or any organization that works in food security. I think a lot of people don't recognize that food security affects so many people in so many different ways. And, you know, San Francisco, before COVID, had uh, one third of San Franciscans were food insecure. And that's over 300,000 people. The population has dropped because of COVID, all of that, but in, food insecurity has gone up. And so for me, um, and that's not people who necessarily don't have any food at all. That's families who perhaps moms and dads skip a meal so their children can eat, you know, or they can't afford fruits and vegetables, or they live in a food desert, such as the Tenderloin or Bayview or Hunter's Point. And so food security is very important in my opinion. And so any organization, especially such as St. Anthony's, I really appreciate. I really like um, Women for Afghan Women. <laughs> and, oh, great. Uh, the reason I love that organization is because I know Masuda Sultan. She is actually, um, I guess you'd say she's a friend. I've met her a couple of times and we're Facebook friends and we talk all the time. And she is one of the founders of Women for Afghan Women and her story is incredible. And I really love the work they do. I love that they're empowering women in Afghanistan. And I love that they are, um, they're really helping young girls and women uh, in so many different ways from education to escaping abusive relationships to um, you know, running for office to empowering themselves to find jobs, you know, all of those kinds of things, health security, everything. So I really love that organization <laughs> and um, I really love uh, Nothing But Nets, which is an organization that works on um, malaria. They, they give out free nets to um, in countries that have a malaria problem and that the cases are high and people are dying needlessly. 
Uh, as somebody who's lived in India for a while, I understand the importance of a net because <laughs> uh, they they really do stop the mosquitoes. And um, you know, I have fun memories of you know getting out of the net to run to the restroom in the middle of the night and getting back in and tucking in my net to make sure that I wasn't eaten alive, right? Um, and so they work. And so I really love nothing but nets. So those are, I would say, you know, the three that I, that kind of stick out to me. So. That's really cool. I, I will give a shout out to Women for Afghan Women because they're in our nonprofit directory and we've highlighted them the last few years for Women's History Month um, mm-hmm. and just really inspired by their work. I've heard of nothing but nets through the NBA because sometimes when uh, the Warriors would be on a streak or like so many three pointers that they hit, they would sponsor a net. Um, and so really cool partnership there. Um, and of course, St. Anthony's is just a, such a staple in the San Francisco mm-hmm. community. Uh, and the issue, of course, is of utmost importance. So I'm glad that you highlighted those three. Thanks. Uh, um, what else would you like to share with our listeners? Anything about you, about Habitat, about, again, advice in the nonprofit world? Uh, any last thoughts? Yeah, I mean, we are... Um... You know, Habitat for Humanity, East Bay Silicon Valley, we're thriving in the Bay Area. We're starting 42 units in Walnut Creek. Uh, we'll be volunteer ready in hopefully by the summer. Uh, and uh, that project will be ongoing. Uh, there will be a lot of opportunities for faith communities to step in and volunteer and donate. Um, and just, you know, even if you know people who need housing in the Contra Costa County area, or even outside Contra Costa County, you can apply if you are not in the county itself. Um, you know, and we're also just obviously, you know, expanding. We're going to be doing some things in Oakland and other places. So you can go to our website, which is habitatebsv.org, and you can check out all the great uh, work that we're doing. And I guess I just would like to just finish too, as somebody who. Um, works in the faith world and is in minute I, I look at this as my ministry is that i i just call on people of faith to really kind of look at what all of the things that are happening right now in our world and um you know we have s- such an ability regardless of what faith we're coming from to use that in a productive holistic uh helpful way and again, that can be in volunteering, that can be in, you know, donating, it can be any way uh, as people of faith as we want to. But I really love the idea of people just coming together, regardless of what faith you are, and um, creating community, because that's what we need right now, uh, I believe. Uh, it feels kind of more than ever. Um, maybe it's just a little weird right now because of COVID, but I think right now as we're moving out of COVID and into wherever we're going, that uh, you know, people of faith and faith communities are going to be the communities that can really, really make a difference if we choose to. Yeah. Um, you know, people can learn more about Habitat on Instagram or Twitter, Habitat underscore EBSV, and you plug the Habitat EBSV.org. Um, and again, I'll end with this, um, our Interfaith Giving Circle Confronting Hate, because I think that's also a perfect call to action for people who are interested and inspired nationally who want to give back and make a difference and contribute to common causes with other faith leaders. Um, Join us in our giving circle as we plan and promote and uh, prepare for, you know, what this giving circle will look like. Um, Karen, I really appreciate you taking the time to 
um, chat with us and share more about Habitat Humanity East Bay Silicon Valley. Thank you so much for having me. It's good to see you. Likewise. Oh, it was a pleasure.